0: Very good. The Bible tells us God's ways are not like our ways, and if you've walked with God for any amount of time, for an extended period, uh, you know this is true. Has anybody ever tried to do something for the Lord and realized, pretty soon afterward, that God's ways are not like your ways? Anybody been there, done that, got that T-shirt? There are times when we are ignorant of. The things of God and His ways, but He's patient with us despite our ignorance. Now, when I first got saved, I was ignorant about the Christian teaching that says that God, uh, Jesus, is God in the flesh. For a while, I didn't believe it. I didn't understand it. You know, I searched the Scripture to see if it was true, and I had some false teachers speaking into my ear, and I didn't really comprehend. I couldn't really. Uh, acceptance and after some time the spirit of god revealed my ignorance he said you know alan you just don't know you're ignorant of of the deity of jesus christ and he led me to repentance and in the end jesus was exalted and glorified in my life and this is the pattern we see in the book of acts you know i've titled this sermon series acts of god you know if you open your bibles to beginning of Acts, oftentimes you'll see it called the Acts of the Apostles, but that, that, that I think is a—it's uh, a, uh, I don't want to say inappropriate, but misguided perhaps title for the book, because it's not really the Acts of the Apostles. If you read the book, you'll see it's the Acts of God. It's the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. That's what the book is. It's a historical account of the Holy Spirit acting in real time. And he's come to reveal the truth about God and correct our errors and convict us of sin and lead us to repentance and faith in Jesus. The Holy Spirit's job is to exalt Jesus. It's all centered around the Lord Jesus. It all hinges on the Lord Jesus. And in our passage this morning, Paul goes to a city in Ephesus and he lays his hands on the believers so that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And the events that would follow those hands would reverberate throughout all of history, testifying to the reality that God's ways are not our ways. And the Holy Spirit falling on the Ephesian believers... What we see is immediately he begins to radically transform his people and what extol jesus in miraculous and amazing ways so our passage this morning begins with a man named apollos apollos was an eloquent speaker right he was uh he would get up and, and he would speak about the lord and the things of god and he was eloquent he spoke well people like to hear him and he was an expert in persuasion he was competent in the scriptures and the words of apollos were you know like sharp enough to cut right through your heart but they were still soft enough to draw you in for more he was passionate and fervent and he came to the city of ephesus and he began to teach the people about jesus and the bible says in acts 18:25 if i can turn there without the wind blowing it I can get there hold on we'll get there (laughs) yeah no no I'm using the real thing George I'm using the real thing I'm gonna fight through this wind Acts 1825 yes here it is 18.25, 18.25. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. So, Apollos enters the synagogue, and he teaches boldly with fire in his spirit, and he's extolling Jesus. But when Paul's companions, Priscilla and Aquila, heard him speaking, they noticed something was missing from the message. So they took him aside and they explained to him the way of God more accurately. Look, Apollos didn't have all the information. He didn't know it all. Truly, none of us do know it all. We use that phrase in a negative way, right? You know it all. Nobody knows it all except for God. Yet this seems to be one of the prerequisites before we go out and do anything, but why? No, I've heard so many believers um, say stuff like, look, I just don't know enough. I'm not comfortable in my knowledge of the scriptures to go out and to tell my friends and my family about Jesus. I just, I don't know enough. So I'm not going to do it. But let me ask you, since when has our knowledge been the basis for anyone's salvation? You know, this fear stems from the possibility that someone might ask you a question about God that you don't know the answer to. And that's a, real, that's a very real possibility. You might share Jesus in your limited knowledge, and someone might say, well, what about this and what about that? And you might not know. But your limited knowledge should not stop you from sharing what you do know. Your limited knowledge um, should not stop you now, because you'll never know everything. You'll never know everything. A better approach would be to humbly share Christ and what you do know of the gospel and trust Him to use that. The best approach, and tr- truly I think the only approach, is to learn as you go. On-the-job training, if you will. Understanding this, that you will make mistakes and say things that are probably wrong. But one of the best attitudes to have here is to preach like you know you're right and to listen like you may be wrong the beautiful thing about the holy spirit is that he will use even your mistakes even your fumbling and your bumbling for the glory of jesus christ look i make mistakes and in the early days i made mistakes and there were friends who were like who ended up getting saved by the way who would say things like you know you were really annoying back in the day when you first got saved, and it's like, hey, but you're saved, right? I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I was annoying. I was obnoxious. I was overbearing. But here you are, a Christian. Why? Because Jesus did it. The Holy Spirit did it. If, if, if it was up to me, it would have never happened, because I was annoying and obnoxious. Who, who willingly submits to a message from a person who they describe as annoying and obnoxious? no one would do that. But if the Holy Spirit backs the annoyance and the obnoxiousness, if, if, if he can use that, then no one can stop it. And that's good news. So for you who are like a little concerned, maybe you think you don't know enough or you're not confident, don't worry about that. Learn as you go. Stay humble and learn as you go. Make the mistakes. If someone asks you a question or has an objection and you don't know the answer, that's okay. Just say, look, I, I don't know the answer right now. I'll get back to you. And then go figure it out and get back to them. People will appreciate that honesty. Instead of you trying to... And you end up saying something really stupid then when you try to answer a question you don't know. Or maybe God gives you supernatural knowledge. That happens too. So just trust Him. Just trust Him. God can still use all your fumbling and your bumbling to glorify the name of Jesus, and that's good news. So, Apollos knew one thing. He knew Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life, and he was on fire for Christ, and he didn't waste any time before making him known to all he could. So, Apollos knew about the baptism of John, but the scripture tell us tells us he didn't yet know about this thing called the baptism of In the Holy Spirit and Priscilla and Aquila explained it to him, explained the importance of the Holy Spirit and it greatly encouraged Apollos and and he preached with confidence but he listened with humility. He was in the synagogue preaching and persuading and confidently and powerfully making Jesus known but when Priscilla and Aquila came and said, hey, Apollos, you know, let us teach you a little better. Let us show you uh, uh, the better way. He listened humbly he said okay he preached with confidence but he listened in humility he was teachable and that led to his in that led to his own encouragement and it led to Jesus being glorified uh, in his life and in the lives of those he was ministering to and in our own lives this has to be our posture resting on the fact that the Holy Spirit is in charge and we're not you know I've said it often here but it It uh, it bears repeating. God is smarter than you. (laughs) Amen. Yeah, He's smarter than her, and He's smarter than all of us. (laughs) The fact that we don't know all things is not an excuse not to study. It's not an excuse not to be open to correction. No, instead, if we trust the Spirit that He's smarter than us, then we'll constantly be corrected by Him and and even in our errors he's going to use it for his own glory and that's incredibly good news for us because for someone like myself who makes mistakes often I know I can still be used of God and he will always have my back by correcting me in my errors. So you don't need to know it all to get started if you did you'd never get started. So get started. Just get out there, tell people about Jesus knowing two things. One, that you're going to make mistakes and two, that Jesus will still get the glory. So Apollos had uh, other work to be done so he left Ephesus. And while there he refuted the unbelieving Jews and he showed by the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. And Apollos' short stay in Ephesus actually laid the groundwork for Paul's arrival. And when Paul arrived in Ephesus he found some disciples. And we read in Acts chapter 19 verse 2 first question he asked the believers was he said to them did you receive the holy spirit when you believed and they said no we have not even heard that there is a holy spirit wow they were confused like what what's the holy spirit we never even heard of the holy spirit what is that so the obvious next question paul says well then what were you baptized into and the Ephesians explain, well, they're baptized in the John's baptism. Well, what is John's baptism? It's the baptism of repentance, being dunked in the water and and, uh, and being taken out. And he went about telling all the people to repent and believe in Jesus. So Paul baptized them in Jesus' name, and when he laid his hands on them, they all received the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in tongues, just like the first believers did uh, on the day of Pentecost. Now, one thing I need to get better at is showing grace to those who don't believe exactly like I believe, especially newer believers, and here we have believers who love Jesus, and yet they didn't even know of the Holy Spirit. Now, does that make these people not as smart as Paul? Well, not necessarily. They were just ignorant, and ignorance, look, a lot of people use the word ignorance as a slanderous term. Oh, you're ignorant. You're just ignorant, and they use it, people use the term ignorant, ignorantly. Ignorance doesn't mean you're dumb or stupid or, or it just means you lack knowledge. you just you, you haven't been taught. you don't have the understanding. It's not a bad thing. it's just you, you don't know. They needed someone to come and teach them. They needed a revelation and it's not it's not that someone is necessarily heretical because they don't know what you know. S- someone is not a, a false believer because they don't know what you know necessarily. It may be that they just don't know it, they've never learned it. Perhaps God is putting you in their lives to teach them and not to ridicule or to look down on them. Now now imagine that, imagine not knowing there was a Holy Spirit. Imagine if Paul said, what, you don't even know the Holy Spirit, what's wrong with you guys? Man, you guys must be really lost, man, who taught you, it wasn't me. No, no, he didn't do that. He understood the Spirit's job was to extol Jesus and and that his ways are not like our ways. And so instead of of looking down on them, he he said, okay, well, let me lay my hands on you and pray for you and you'll understand the Holy Spirit and you'll receive the Holy Spirit. And he prayed and and, and they did. Yeah, you guys were not praying. (laughs) I told you to pray that wouldn't happen. We'll get the muscle men to fix that. Okay, I'm gonna wait until they do that because that's a Yeah. <laughs> Sacrifice to me. I was telling I was telling the guys at Bible study and the the gals how I don't care about my cars. They get dented or scratched. Truthfully I don't care. There's a a nice big scratch there, but but I don't care. It's a car. Who cares? It's a van. These things were made to get beat up. Um, Okay, so where was I? At that moment when the Holy Spirit arrived, things began to get a little bit... So Paul goes to the synagogue for three months and he reasons and he preaches Jesus. And a group of those in the synagogue became stubborn and they began to slander the church. And so what Paul does is he withdraws um, from them and he he begins to reason with the Gentiles instead. And he did this for two years um, so that all the residents of Asia would hear the word of God. Now, on a side note, remember a few weeks ago when I preached how the Holy Spirit literally stopped... Paul from going to Asia. You remember that message, where he wanted to go to Asia. Just distraction city today. He wanted to go to Asia, but the Spirit said no. Go to Macedonia instead. So here we have the Spirit leading Paul now into Asia. Look, it wasn't that God didn't want the the people in Asia to hear the gospel or to know Jesus. It just wasn't time yet wasn't it wasn't the time yet god's ways are not our ways but his purpose is to reveal the truth of jesus and he does it in his way and in his time so the spirit of god was powerfully working in the ministry of paul and and, and what happened you know next was you know crazy and strange and weird things uh, began to happen and people were taking uh used handkerchiefs and aprons and bringing them to the sick now why would you do that Because God was using these things to heal the sick and to bring freedom to the demonically possessed. He he did this to show the people that this Jesus that Paul preaches is the truth. Now, Now, this is crazy to us. Imagine taking a used Kleenex to a sick person. Every medical professional would say that is gross negligence. Especially in the day we're living where... You can't even breathe in the vicinity of an individual five feet without being risking their lives. But what we have here is, you know, Paul blowing his nose, doing one of these, digging up real nice, real deep, and then, here you go. You sick? Here, rub this on your face. <laughs> yeah, oh, I got a little booger there, Paul. Paul would say, who needs healing? It's crazy. I'm sure he wouldn't do that. He might just, you know, and then leave it in the garbage can and they would, oh, here it is, you know, and then they would, then they would literally be healed. They would literally get healed from his used handkerchiefs. You don't give an immunocompromised person a used Kleenex, but God will be God and he'll do things that confound our intelligence because God's ways are not our ways. And we live in unique days don't we uh, remember zeller's who's old enough to remember zeller's everybody i think well maybe my kids aren't they they'll never know the glory of zeller's man they had some good remember their um their diner the burgers there they were good what's that i don't know no no, no, I'm too young for that. I remember Zeddy, the Teddy. So one day my friend and I were walking through Zeller's and he needed a Kleenex. His nose was running, I guess. And uh, and there was a display, a Kleenex display. It was like a box display and uh, it had free samples of Kleenex you could take. And one side of the of the display had like, the you could take a Kleenex out of the box and then the other side had a disposal. So you could take a Kleenex, use it, and then you put it in the disposal box and then you know a worker would come by later and t- clean out the disposal and refill the, the sample. So I mean think about that. In our day and age this kind of sample display can't even exist, right? I mean this is just uh, heresy to, to, to the culture. It's not safe. But back then we weren't so sensitive. So my friend, he grabs a Kleenex and he blows his nose with it only to realize He grabbed it from the wrong side he grabbed it out of the disposal side not out of the sample side and he I mean I remember he was he he it wasn't just like a little you know it was like a hardcore like he got in there uh, with it (laughs) it was too late though it was too late it was contaminated he was contaminated and, and I laughed at him and I took out my iPad because that was before phones had cameras on them or I didn't have a phone with a camera on it. And I took out my little iPad and I filmed it. I said, what did you do? And he told the story and it's hilarious. I should have I brought the clip here, but anyways, that's a true story. Now, now, in our day and age, we'd have to self-isolate for two weeks and go to the hospital and shove a Q-tip up our nose and all that kind of stuff. But here, here we have the Holy Spirit using the, the Kleenex, so to speak, to heal it. To heal people and glorify the lord jesus christ and and that's the job of the holy spirit is to glorify christ and he does it his way not our ways because our ways are not his ways spider on my ipad there and and his ways are not our ways so this should be a great comfort to us because we can just rest in the knowledge of knowing that the holy spirit is in charge despite our not understanding all the time. And we can trust him that Christ will be glorified even through something as as weird as a used handkerchief. You know, that nothing can stop or hinder the work of God from glorifying and saving sinners. Now, it wasn't that Paul's, you know, Kleenex was special. You know, Paul didn't have miraculous boogers. But the Holy Spirit was using that to confirm the message of His servant. Just like the bones of Elijah would raise the dead. Were the bones of Elijah different than the bones of anyone else? No, they were just bones. But God, even in Elijah's death, God was confirming the message through His prophet and saying this, the message that this man uh, uh, gave is my message. And I'm confirming and I'm backing it by doing these miraculous things. So don't glorify Elijah. Don't glorify Paul. Glorify the God who does these things and, and confirms His word. So while the Spirit was healing and bringing glory to Jesus, there were seven sons of Sceva, who was a who was a priest of the synagogue that Paul left. Now. Um, they noticed, the seven sons of Sceva, that the demons were fleeing at the name of Jesus. And and as exorcists themselves, this intrigued them. And so Acts 19, 13, and 16 recalls one of the most epic failures in all the scriptures. Um, it's actually hilarious. So let's read it. Acts 19, 13, and 16. 13 to 16. Then some of the itinerant a Jewish exorcist undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the name of Jesus, whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This is one of the most comical stories ever, not just in the Bible, ever. So these, these guys were like, wow, Paul is preaching Jesus and demons are obeying and fleeing in his name. Let's try it. Let's, let's try this for ourselves. So they go, they find a the demon oppressed individual, possessed individual, and, and, uh, and they go, hey, In the name of Jesus whom Paul proclaims you know go away well first of all no we're not going away (laughs) and second of all we know Jesus we recognize Jesus and we recognize Paul but who do you think you are then one of the uh, the demon-possessed men jump the seven sons of Sceva. They beat them to a pulp. They strip strip them naked, and they chase them away. <laughs> Imagine that! Seeing the sons of the, the priests of the synagogue running, you know, through the city naked, being chased by a demon-possessed guy. Wow! Fail. Epic fail. Like you can't even make a, a movie out of this. This scene. It's, it would have to be censored to be family friendly. But they beat this guy up. They beat one guy beats these guys up and he chases them away. Jesus I know and Paul I recognize, but who do you think you are? Imagine being one of the seven sons of the priests of that local synagogue, you know, running through the streets naked and, and, and all that and you know what, what what would the headline of the paper say? you know, after something like that in the local town there. You know, sons of priests seen streaking through downtown Ephesus or something. Like, what is going on here? And and, and the event became known to everyone in Ephesus, because the Bible says in Acts 19.17 that the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. The name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. When you hear that, what? like, if I were to tell you an event happened in Ephesus where Jesus was extolled, what would you think happened? People got saved maybe, people got baptized, people got healed, sure, but not this time. This time the name of Jesus was extolled because seven guys got beat up by one demon-possessed guy (laughs) and Jesus was extolled. God's ways are not our ways. Here we see the Spirit of God using a weird thing to extol Jesus, something we wouldn't expect. The Spirit actually used seven sons of a priest being beat up to a pulp, chased through the streets to extol Jesus. People saw that and said, wow, praise the Lord. (laughs) Jesus is the way. Why? I don't know, because the priest's sons were naked running through the streets with black eyes. Yeah, praise the Lord, because he's powerful. He confirmed the word. It wasn't a dramatic sermon it wasn't a miraculous healing not this time this time Jesus was extolled by because of the foolishness of seven men and the people saw that those guys didn't have the same power as Paul because they didn't have the key ingredient which is Jesus you can't Jesus is not like a a a fairy spell you know where you carry a wand and you go I invoke Jesus I invoke Jesus and stuff happens. that's not who Jesus is You can't just invoke the name of Jesus and think anything's going to happen. No, Jesus is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Father is a person, and they have a will, and they do what they want. You can't control God. And so the sons of Sceva are running around the streets with black eyes and no pants on, and the people glorified and extolled Jesus, who is the true King of kings. And this, this actually led to a mass repentance. Look at Acts 19, verse... Verse 18 and 19, it says, Also many of those who were uh, now believers came, confessing and divulging their practices. And the number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. And so the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. What happened here? They tried to invoke the name of Jesus. They failed. They got beat up. They got chased through the streets naked. And everyone else who was practicing magic and evil arts, they said, oh my goodness, we're wrong. We're wrong. Jesus is the way. And so what it led to was a massive repentance where they brought their magic books and all their stuff, their nonsense, and they burned it all because they saw Jesus has power over the demons. Jesus alone has power over them. And when somebody who doesn't have Jesus tried, they got beat down by the demons. So do the math. Who has the power over the demonic realm? It's the Lord. It's Jesus. And so they said, well, we better burn all this. We we better not be involved in all this because we'll end up like the sons of Sceva. And we don't want to end up like that. People saw the great power of God and. And it led to their repentance, and, and, they, and they confessed their sin and their idolatry and their sorceries, and, and they burned it all. And the Holy Spirit was exposing their sins and extolling Jesus and granting mass repentance in a way that we would not expect, because God's ways are not our ways. And so Paul resolved in his heart to pass through Macedonia, and Nicaea, and go to Jerusalem. And after that, he said he must also go to Rome. But before that could happen... Uh, Demetrius, who was a silversmith, arose in Ephesus and he became really, really angry with the church. And as a silversmith, he and his companions, they made most of their money by making idols and gods out of silver. So when there was a mass repentance, where people were repenting from their idolatries and and burning their books and getting rid of their idols, that led to their business um, floundering. So they came together in fear that the temple of their God Artemis would be abolished because Paul's preaching and everyone's repenting and they stirred up the city and they went about the, the, the city streets yelling, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! And some of the people um, say that if, if the gospel you preach causes more problems and solutions, you're doing it wrong. Well, frankly, I don't see that in the Bible that every city Paul enters almost ends up in a riot was Paul doing it wrong was his preaching too hard when you have confrontation and trouble and drama arise on account of the word of God that doesn't necessarily mean you're doing it wrong it might actually mean you're doing it right because what we see here in Ephesus is Paul preaching and then people getting beat up, <laughs> and then the city uh, rising up in, into a riot. Why? Because he, he preached Jesus. Riots and trouble follow the preaching of the gospel in the book of Acts almost everywhere. You now, Ephesus was filled with confusion, and I could just hear the pastor today God is not a God of confusion. That's right, but the devil is. The devil is. When the devil causes trouble, he's going to cause confusion. That doesn't mean the gospel is confusion. It means the devil's perverting it. So we need to be discerning about that. So the angry mob grabs Paul's confu- uh, Paul's companions, and Paul saw this, and he wanted to go in among the crowd. So there's this riot happening, and then they grab Paul's companions. to to harm them, and Paul sees this, and he wants to go in among the crowd with his companions, but the believers are saying, no, Paul, don't go. Don't go. You're going to get beat up. You're going to get hurt. You're probably going to get killed. So they hold him back. They had to physically restrain Paul from rushing into the crowd of these crazed, confused idolaters. It was a crazy, uh, chaotic scene of crazed men crying out for hours, great is Artemis, great is Artemis, and ridiculing the believers and pulling Paul's companions in and beating them up and Paul's trying to get in and they're holding back, don't go, don't go, don't go. Welcome to Christian missions. (laughs) Eventually the town clerk quieted everyone down and just essentially told them, look, these men are innocent. They're not blaspheming Artemis. Just chill out because we're on the brink of a full-fledged riot in Rome doesn't take kindly to riots you don't want this getting back to Caesar because we're all going to be in big trouble so just calm down after this they calmed down they quieted down and they were forced to disperse on that note Paul encourages the believers there He says all right we just had a really intense situation happen here be encouraged God is with us and he departed from Macedonia and we see even in the chaos and the rioting that god's ways are not our ways and and even in all like this whole passage that we went through this morning was incredibly it was a roller coaster ride right you got snotty rags healing people you got riots going on in the streets you got naked people running through the streets with black eyes it was just crazy. like if if you Told someone who doesn't know the Bible this story, they'd be like, "No way, that's the Bible. No way, that's the Bible. No, it's the Bible. This is what happened. God's word, true. The Bi- the Bible's not boring. Let me put it that way. <laughs> it's not boring. You actually read this thing and and take some time to understand what's actually happening. It's it's a riot. <laughs> Lack of a better word." Jesus gets the glory, it's the Holy Spirit's job to glorify him, and he's going to do it in ways that will confound our understanding. So, it tells us, Apollos laid the groundwork for Paul to come in. The Ephesian believers get the Holy Spirit. What happened after that was nothing short of miraculous. People were healed, they were set free from demonic possession by... All sorts of crazy means and, and foolish men were chased out of a house and beaten and naked thinking they could invoke Jesus' name like a spell. Then a revival and repentance broke out leading to a pagan, a literature bonfire. I mean, we need to have one of those. We need to have we, you know, we need to pray, God, bless us with a pagan bonfire. Bless us with the pagans of our city coming together with all their pagan books and all that stuff so we can burn it all. Wouldn't that be fun? Anybody in for that? No one wants a pagan bonfire. Boo, boo! Are you guys are you guys born again or what? We want to burn those things. We want to burn the witch books and the and, and the magic and all that. We want that to burn so that Jesus will get the glory. There were riots. There were. Confused, angry mobs, and and there was all kinds of stuff. It was a chaotic scene of crazed men for hours. It was just intense. And of course, of course, Jesus was glorified in it all because God's ways are not our ways. And He comes to make Jesus known, but it's often in ways and He often uses people that we would not expect. Again, because His ways are not our ways. And the believers in Ephesus were convicted of their sin. And the turnaround was so dramatic that the silversmiths of the city could feel it in their pockets. Imagine that! Imagine the gospel having such an impact that the the the, the idolaters, the the, uh, the 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 economy of idolatry feels it. Imagine that the preaching of the gospel is so effective in our land that the pornographers go, "Oh my goodness, we're losing money. What's happening? Oh, people are getting saved, so we're losing money." That, that's kind of what was happening here. The, the people who were making money off sin were like, man, we're losing money because of the, because of the gospel. That's what the gospel does. It makes sinners broke. <laughs> people who profit off of sin. And it's a good thing. It exposes the ignorance and the sin and it extols Jesus and leads to life transformation and even cultural transformation. And in it all we see Jesus lifted high, whether it's a group of believers learning the truth about the Holy Spirit or a group of believers burning their pagan literature or a riot in the city, the common denominator is always this. Jesus is magnified. Jesus is at the center of it all. And Jesus receives the glory due His name. So. Be encouraged this morning that even in chaos, even in situations where you might go, man, where's Jesus in this? This doesn't seem like Jesus, that He's there and and, and that the Spirit is there and He's glorifying Him. And we can be confident in that. The Holy Spirit will extol Jesus, but remember, 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 His ways are not our ways. So when you don't understand, Just trust Him anyways, you know, and and, and write it on your hearts. God is smarter than me. God is smarter than me and I will trust Him. Let's pray. Thank You, Father, for Your Word this morning. Thank You, Lord, that the book of Acts is filled with such tremendous encouragement to us, that the book of Acts, you know, is... that You've recorded uh, Your Acts. Um, for us to to read and, and to know how you work and how your ways are not our ways, and, and we pray, Lord, that you would move in our midst and um, that you would confound our intelligence and the intelligence of those around us and bring Jesus to people who need Him. However, it must be done that sinners would repent and, and that they would burn and turn away from all the evil. city